From ThatShelf.com, this is Black Hole Films. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. What's a black hole film, you ask? Well, you know those films you always meant to get around to watching, but you never did for whatever reason? Well, that's what they are. And this podcast is all about embracing them and checking those films off our lists and talking about them and whatever else happens to come up. I'm Canadian filmmaker Jeremy Lalonde, and I will be your host. You can follow me on Twitter at LalondeJeremy, or check out my website, JeremyLalonde.com, for more information on me and my projects. If you like the show, please subscribe to it, rate, review it, and leave a comment on whatever platform it is you're listening. It really does make a difference in helping to get more ears tuning in. And if you like this show, check out the others on the ThatShelf.com family of podcasts. And without further delay, let's get into this week's film. This is episode 180, and today I'm joined by Adria Bud Johnson, a producer who's done a bunch of short films, as well as her husband, Eric Johnson, an actor who's appeared in shows like Vikings, American Gods, Hudson and Wreck, The Nick, Orphan Black, as well as the Fifty Shades movies. And we're going to sit down and watch a film together. All right, so we're sitting down via isolation uh, watching the movie, the original Rocky. I'm Jeremy, and I have seen this film. I'm Eric Johnson, and I have seen this film. Um, I am Adria Bud Johnson, and I have not seen this film. Adria's our <laughs> version. Yeah. Don't, don't shame, Eric. We don't shame. <laughs> <laughs> no shame. There's no shame in not watching one of the greatest American well, cinema. N- now all you're doing is building it right, right up. Yeah, I'm. I'm a little bit older than you fellas, so like I remember vaguely, dimly when it was in theaters, and and then you couldn't get. Then there was that window of time where you couldn't. There were no like VHS right. or machines. True. And <laughs> then seventy six, I think. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, and then my parents weren't like. My dad was not a boxing guy, so it wasn't a movie that we were going to rent when we went to the video store to pick out our videos. Has there ever been a time where like, hey, you know a movie I'd really like to see? Rocky. Well, I really wanted to see, what was it, Rocky Four with Dolph Lundgren? Because he's pretty dreamy. You don't want to watch the one with Mr. T? That's Rocky Three, I think, right? That's a great one. Yeah, I I, I like tall blonde guys. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the Rocky Four is great, and especially if you want to. I mean, if you here's the thing: if you at some point want to watch the Creed movies, which are like a spinoff of Rocky. Actually, they're not really. They're part of the. He's a character in them, so yeah. I wouldn't even call it a spinoff. You definitely need to watch uh, at least up to Rocky Four because uh, there's a lot of tie-ins. In the yes, second, but it, but it was like a big commitment to get. It really to is. Four. You don't and need to watch after four. I'll tell you that right now. It, it gets wonky. <laughs> Which is the one with the robot? That's the thing I remember. As a I kid. was just thinking about the robot. I, <laughs> is that three? Did he have the robot in three? Yeah, it's either three. No, I think it's four when he's really well because it's 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 to show a sign of his wealth, and that's right. like and that's why so when so wealthy. He owns a robot, and so when that's why when Dolph Lundgren kicks his ass, it uh, it's a real it's a real wake up for him because he's like, I'm a man that owns a robot. Why do I need to keep training? Anyway, we're spoiling things. Adria, we has are. 
We'd we stop. Hopefully there's no robot in the first one. I'm not going to say whether heard, or not there is. Well, I yeah. heard it's pretty special. So back in the day, I worked with this executive producer dude who had actually been at the Producers Guild screening, uh, the first ever screening of the film. And it was raining. It was L.A. Uh, and 1976 or early 75, depending on the timing. Yeah. It was raining really hard. And he, so this guy told me that when they, they all watched the film and they were like, oh my God, this guy is a big, bright, shiny star. Um, and they came out of the theater and Stallone was standing in the rain and shook everybody's hand and thanked them for coming to his screening of his little movie. Well, it was his kind of, he, uh, without giving away, it doesn't give anything away, but it's like he, this was his baby, you know? Yeah. I want to talk about that after the film. Yeah. Let's talk about it after. Because there's so many great little stories about, that I remember yeah. hearing about in terms of just the, how we got it made and, uh, and all of that. And then, so talking about that after we've seen the film yeah. is going to feel a lot more special. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So what, so I guess, I mean, you probably have some stuff that you know about the movie, Adrian. Yeah, like, I mean, I've seen all the iconic shots and whenever I introduce myself, I always go, Adrian, <laughs> like hockey. And, but now uh, millennials, you can't, know. you've been co-opting that without oh, any. Yeah. Oh yeah, okay. I know. I haven't earned When it. I first met Adria, this is like 20 years ago, uh, almost 20 years ago. Yeah. I am like, what's your, is it her name? Adrian, Adria, Adriana. And, 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 it's, and she's like, my name this is Adria. Like, I'm like, Adria. Oh, it's kind of like how Rocky's saying Adrian at the end of Rocky because yeah. he doesn't get the N in there because his mouth the is end. so so bashed. It was just Adria, right? So that's how I remembered her name yeah. from that moment. Lots of people remember my name that way. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> well, now yeah. you'll have the context with which that goes. Yes. Yes. Phenomenal. Well, yes. I think we're in a good place to just dive in then. Okay. Let's do it. Sounds good. We'll see I'm excited. You Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. All right, we just finished. And? Wow. <laughs> I feel like I missed out, but, I'm, but I've seen it now and I feel really happy. <laughs> so let me know what you think about your, like, what were your expectations going into it versus what you got? Um... It actually held up a lot better than I thought. You know, a lot of movies going back, there's just we're, we've just evolved so much with pacing, and mm -hmm. and it actually held up really well. And um, yeah, the 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 moments that we don't necessarily have in movies anymore, where you know, like when the brother was carrying the garbage can and at Christmas and whistling, and the you know, you don't have those moments anymore. And it was really special to have those meet. I don't know. They seem in other films, they're kind of, you know, trite, but this was, it, it was experiential. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a character, it's a character movie. Like my son uh, watched it with me. He's 11 and he's yeah. just getting, he's just starting to watch movies that are a bit more sophisticated and nuanced. And he was like, huh, he really, really liked it, but he was, yeah. Oh God. Did the ending make him mad? We'll get into that. But um, but <laughs> but he was he's like it's like a character movie. You can make this, Daddy. And I was like, 
Yeah. This would be the kind of, this is the way I would approach a boxing movie. There'd be more yeah. punch. There'd be more punches to the dicks, but you know, that's. <laughs> <laughs> it's an approximation of how I would make a yes, boxing movie. Fair. <laughs> fair. What was the observation that you had right at the end that I thought was amazing? Oh, it's the music was like totally Mandalorian. Like I was so blown away, like almost note for note. I mean, it's that whatever, 23%. It's like so close. It's the Mandalorian. Bastards ripped it off. They ripped off Rocky. Yeah, totally. (laughs) I mean, uh, totally homage, but well, Carl Weathers. Oh, that's true. Oh yeah. Yeah. Carl Weathers connection. I should, it's funny because Ephraim, he's like, I've heard this music before, but it, I'm like, well, it's a pretty famous theme song. But <laughs> it's, like, add, it's Mandalorian. Mandalorian. Yeah. And the Carl Weathers connection. That's awesome. Do you know the, do, Eric, do you, I mean, we'll get into trivia stuff, but do you know the Carl's Weather, Carl Weathers audition story? No. No. Ooh. So they're auditioning and he's auditioning with Stallone and they're, and they're like, they're sparring. A little yeah. bit, and and Weathers actually like nicked him in the in the chin, hit him, and Stallone's just like, "Hey, you know, it's just an audition. You can calm down a bit." And Weathers says, "If you put me in here, if I can audition with a real actor and not a stand-in, I'd do a lot better." And the producers had to be like, "This is Sylvester Stone. He is. He's the writer, and he's the actor." And Weathers just looked at him and says, "Well, maybe he'll get better." <laughs> and Stallone's like, "Hire him. Hire him right now." <laughs> And then Stallone went and got nominated for an Oscar for acting. Yeah. As, as he, uh, as he should have. Yeah. Um, there's, I, I, there was a book I read like 20 years ago and I think it was called my first feature and it was mm-hmm. talking about, uh, yeah, I don't know if you read it, but they, yeah. I think there was some great stories about Rocky in there and, uh, how Sylvester Stallone knew this was his movie. He mm-hmm. just he just knew it. He wrote it. He's like, uh, people looked at it. They said, this is great. You're not the guy. Yeah. We're, we'll buy it from you for a lot of money. And we're going to go and get a Hollywood star who's going to do this movie. It's going to be great. And he's like, well, no, because this is, this is me. This is, this is my shot. And he sold his dog. He almost sold his dog. He did. Oh, I heard. I he heard literally he, sold it and yeah, then had heard, to buy it back. Yeah. Oh. And the guy charged him like. He got his dog back, but the guy charged him like four times as much as he sold it for. Yeah. He's like, I really like your dog. So like all this stuff with like butt kiss the dog and, 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 and all that. And then the, the narrative of like, you know, taking your shot, right? The whole idea of like, this is your shot and take it when you've got it. Yeah. And, and that, that illusion of like, that's literally what Stallone was living with this film. Yeah. Uh, like he was a nobody. He wrote this, he starred in it. He was fantastic in it. And it made him uh, like a megastar. Like, like, you know, growing up in the, like with the eighties, Sylvester Stallone was one of the he biggest movie stars it. on the planet. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah, and yeah. he and he created his own destiny. Yes, he he literally did. He yeah. just he, he had one hundred and three dollars in the bank account at the time, and and he said, "I'll only let you buy this movie if I can star in it." Like he was still holding yeah. to his gumption. He had nothing, and yeah. he, but he well, you know, he took a bet on himself. Well, and you think about that. Uh, I mean, who else 
in in that time period was writing and starring in projects. Well, that was we're, we're I mean, this is the '76. So by that point, like Easy Rider had come out. So we're coming in like we're in. Oh, yeah, we're into the '70s. So there's a bit more of it than was happening a decade earlier, but still, I mean, not that much. Not no, that I mean, much. but we've got. I mean, the next year, what is it? Annie Hall is out. So Woody Allen, oh, Woody, right, Woody right, Allen's right. doing that. Quite, it really it, was the the you know right in the middle of the the new Hollywood of like yeah. Well, he, he's but yeah. he's and and you know the Woody Allen connection is that Sylvester Stallone was in Bananas. He's oh, got like wow. one scene part. He's on the on the subway. He like he robs Woody Allen. He's got like a That's one amazing. a one scene part. But um, it, but it is that era, and I'm sure Stallone is watching all these other people make moves, and he's like, "This is my one shot." Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like yeah. the song from Hamilton or Eminem or Eminem. Yeah. It's the same. It's the same thing. It's the yeah. same theme. It plays over whether it's Detroit or you know Revolutionary America or Philadelphia in 1975. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's the other thing. I think they, they, the producers were really smart about, or I mean he was, depending on like if it was in the script already or if the producers were like, hey, the timing of this hit the cent- bicentennial in there, uh, like yeah. just just hitting that and like the Americana of it, I think mm-hmm. was also like something that made it huge because well, it was well, the opening shot. How the <laughs> oh, Jesus? Yeah, the opening <laughs> shot is literally Jesus, right? Yeah. But what a beautiful shot as it starts on Jesus and pulls through the ropes. I don't know if you noticed that. I mean, like 1975, you know, like this is a low budget film, beautiful pullback. Just there were so many shots in that film that I'm like, Mm -hmm. these are beautiful. They're beautiful today. They were beautiful when they did them. I don't know if you've ever seen some of the original test footage of the very first Steadicam. That's that's why that yeah I was going to bring up the Steadicam because the guy yeah. from Philadelphia invented it and he was trying to push it on Hollywood. He used this movie to sell it. He did a test shot with his girlfriend on those same steps, running up the steps, and him following her. The thing I can't imagine is how heavy that camera must have been. Yeah. He must have been in great shape because, like, you think 1975, it must have been like a, a Panaflex, yeah, and just like super heavy and. You know, oh my God, I couldn't imagine what that rig was. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> he was in better shape than Rocky had to have been <laughs> to accomplish it. Well, that's like whenever I watch like footage of people like rock climbing and it's like, everyone's like, oh, those rock climbers. I'm like, there's a person holding a camera taping them. Like, what? <laughs> there's, we don't get to see that person like that. Whatever that person, it's just way tougher. I worked, yeah. with, the, I worked with a person who worked on The Amazing Race. And the thing is, like, they do the amazing race, but with cameras on their shoulders. Yeah. It's like yeah. they got to be in, like, they got to be in incredible shape. Uh, I wanted to ask you, when's the last time you saw this film? I, I'm trying to remember if I revisited it because I only re- finally watched the Creed films about a year or two ago, and so I might have. I think I revisited it back then. I watched it a lot because it was one of those films when I was in high school. My drama teacher took like a real shine to me because she knew that I was a writer and I like to write and all kind of stuff. So she like really fed me independent films. And wow. this, this was one that she like, she told me all the stories about it and she's like, watch this film. And, and so that's, I, I came to Rocky very early on and then got to like grow up with all the, the sequels and the robots and, the, <laughs> and all the other kind of stuff. So I, I've seen this film probably at least a dozen times. Wow. Wow. Uh, 
and it's it's a masterclass. Like there's that scene. Um, I love that scene, and and it's been in a few movies this kind of idea. But it's like it's right after he has that giant monologue with Mickey, and and you know Mickey comes in to try to win himself over, and he's like, "You treated me like shit, and now you want to come over and help me?" And then he's yelling and he's freaking out, and then he kicks him out. But then you know it's that beautiful wide shot of the street, and then he chases after Mickey, and they talk, and you don't need to hear that dialogue. Yeah, no, you don't need it, right? And and again, movies don't do that anymore. Right. They're like, oh. they show you that dialogue and him eating crow or apologizing, but it's like, we don't need it. You know, it's just the body it. language is so beautiful. The body language of them being like two inches tall in the background tells you everything you need to know. Yeah. I actually think that that scene is brilliant. And the yeah. fact that, you know, he comes in, makes his big pitch. Oh, you need a manager. You need a manager. You need a manager. He's not listening. And then he literally hides. And then once he leaves is when he can say his piece and yell and get angry you know, he's down the hall already. That's when he feels, that's like, to me, it's just beautiful. It's so human. There's so many beautiful little human moments in this, in this, in this movie. Uh, and he's so charming and he's so affable and you, you just can't help but uh, root for him every step of the way. And, and, and even for the result, like you get to the end of the movie and they're like, they're, they're, they're talking, it's a split decision it's not, it's not what's important. He's, he's, he's calling after his girl and that's the only thing. He's not even listening. He's not even yeah. listening. It doesn't matter to him. He went the no, distance. He went the distance. Yeah. And I was explaining it to my son. He's like, what's that mean? I'm like, that means that you didn't. Cause I asked my son, I was like, how do you win a boxing match? He's like, well, you get knocked out. I'm like, that's one way to win. Mm-hmm. There's another way. And it's by points and it's by like a judge decision. That's why they have judges. Uh, and so it'll come down to who they thought fought better. My son was so mad that Apollo won. Right, because your condition now with movies yeah. today, you know, every Marvel movie, the hero wins at the end, right? Except, except for the Infinity War. Well, yeah. Right. Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Fair enough. Spoilers. Uh, <laughs> you know, so it's like everybody wins in the end now. Like the good guys always win. And the fact is that he didn't win in our larger idea. He won for himself. Yeah. It be- it's like he just wanted to go the distance. Like yeah. that was, he said that earlier. That's all he wanted to do because no one had ever done that against Apollo. Well, even just my son watching the fight in that first round, he's like, he's a punching bag. And then when he lays that one shot on Apollo, my son like jumped up. He's like, holy shit. Yeah. He <laughs> laid him the fuck out. And I was like, buddy, <laughs> mommy is trying to sleep and don't say that word. <laughs> I think what's amazing is this is a two hour boxing movie. And I think we spend less than 15 minutes in the ring. Yeah. Because there's the first match and the end match. Yeah. And you, you, it's bookmarked with that. And there's a few little training things, but that's it. You know, it's, it's so restrained in that, in that regard, like where it's like, it's, it wasn't selling itself on, on people punching each other. It was this character piece and it was really beautiful. And it's the only one in the series that doesn't use any slow motions in the uh, in the boxing stuff. It's just like they just said. And I was watching it because uh, I remember there was a story about how the the ice rink scene when Rocky takes her on the date. Originally, they were supposed to have three hundred extras, and it was supposed to be this big giant scene. Uh, and the directors didn't tell Stallone that it was like we can't afford three hundred extras for that. We need all the extras for the boxing stuff at the end. Yeah. Uh, and so they showed up and there was like one extra. And so Stallone rewrote the scene on the fly to make it what it is now. 
Wow. And, and, and turn the extra into the Zamboni guy. Yeah. That's like, and just written that scene that was improvised and done on the fly. Oh, it, it's, it was so special. It made it really, it actually fit so marvelously with a guy who doesn't have like two cents to inch together and, you know, trying to give his girl a, a really special experience, you yeah. know? Yeah. Oh, it was gorgeous. It's beautiful. Yeah. It and was then, lovely. Because I was watching, because and then remembering that, I was watching the end scene going, because they show you, you know, he goes the night before and you see the big empty stadium. Yeah. And it's like, how are they going to fill that? And you look, it's very careful, like the background's all black. And it's really just, they're very carefully placed the foreground. But once they're in the ring, they have a couple, like, nice big wide shots to sell it. But I, they shot. I bet you they shot all that in one day with all the extras, and the rest of it's all like dark background. It's just the two of them. Yep. I, it's it's so smartly done. It's such a. It's I like. The last time I saw the film, uh, the last time I saw the film in its entirety, I was probably seventeen years old, watching it on VHS four by three. I to to watch it today in 69 it's been remastered it, it the sound was great like it was just being able to see it like that made it that much more special i think i did see it one other time when i caught it like uh halfway through on like a on like a sunday hungovers in some hotel somewhere yeah. i don't know where it was but it's like i had nothing to do so you know rocky's on tv i'm gonna watch this it's like shawshank you're gonna you're gonna watch it so yeah um it was so so great to see it again and and like you you mentioned it it holds up it just holds up so well yeah yeah there's only a couple of beats where you know you're like oh okay we don't do that anymore so what were those for, for you reason, but yeah there's one yeah, in particular uh well there was just a couple of moments just and it was more for me about how it was shot telling the story because they're trying to do it in a oneer but not in like a Soderberghian one or like where they're, they're just setting up the camera and you're getting the back of somebody's head, not a lot of coverage near You're not actually seeing people's faces in a create, still a creative, interesting way. So like the car shots when he was talking to, uh, was it Gaza, mm. the gangster guy. And there was a lot of that shot that we would see that differently now. Gaza's a businessman. Thank you very much. He's a <laughs> right, legitimate <sorry>. business. <laughs> right. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> there was yeah. one of the things that was like, you know, we, he, he grabbed the, the, you know, the young girl in the corner. I'm like, I'm walking you home, you know, because like if you're hanging out with these guys and you're swearing, they're going to call you a whore. Even if you're not a whore, they're going to call you a whore. I'm going to say a bad word right now. Whore. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and the thing is, he gives us this big lecture, walks her home and she goes, you know, like whatever. It's like, screw, yeah, screw you, you, Rocky. And he's like, you're a creep. And he's like, yeah, who are you to who are you to give advice, you creep? And he's self-deprecating about it, and he's like, you know what? Who am I to give advice to this young girl? And I'm like, wow, that actually was like because it was kind of not on point, <laughs> and like, and then he owned it in in the same moment. It was like, yeah. wow, that was actually pretty uh, pretty aware, Rocky. <laughs> so I want to ask Adria in particular. Mm-hmm. what did you think about the date scene when they went back to his apartment? Yeah. I was like the whole time I was like, I'm like, okay. 
it felt like watching Baby It's Cold Outside, like the musical, like the non-musical yeah. version. <laughs> right? It actually, because their chemistry was really good and it just, it walked that line and and then she kind of, she came back enough mm-hmm. and then they curled up together when they finally sort of ended up that I, I was like, oh, it's okay. She actually wants to be there. But it's, 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 it yeah. ends for the ending makes up for it because it's like the whole, like I was sitting there with my son and my son was like, she's, that is not, uh, who, he said the right word to it. He says, that is not like excited, excited consent. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was the hand on the door, hand on the wall. Yeah. Right? She was coming. trapped. Well, even yeah, when like, he says, I'm just going to, I'm going to kiss you now. You don't have to kiss me back. It's like, woof. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know that was, uh, yeah. Yeah. That was, yeah. that was, but, but I guess like, you know, I'm going to kiss you. You don't have to kiss me back. I'm going to make this move. And I think if she had said, no, no, I don't want you to kiss me. He would have stopped. That 100%. was actually, I had that thought. Mm. It was such, it's and, like, I, right? and I think I think now you would probably play that moment. Yeah, and here's the thing: movies of this era, there's ones that are way worse than what I mean. What's going oh, on yeah, here? Like sure. this is actually you know pretty progressive for considering like mm-hmm. some of the other things that are going on in movies at this time. Back when it was like it was just considered like sexy for a man to just grab a woman, and you know that was considered romantic. Yes. Yeah. To just be I, I love the fact that they did like the old 1940s to to insinuate what they were going to do after. They were so excited about kissing they had to fall to the floor. Yeah. Which by going lower and falling to the floor meant something lower could happen and but we don't see it, right? It was like a thing that, you know, that you know, movies in the 40s and the 50s yeah. they would do. It was like, oh, we're kissing. Oh, but now we just can't stand up anymore. And they would just fall down well, to the ground. Well, because we're weak in the knees. Yeah. yeah. B- B- Mickey yeah. says it. Women yeah. make men weak in the knees. It's, it's an affliction yeah. that was very common back in the day, like polio. Yeah. Uh, thankfully, I, I think we've, um, yeah. <laughs> we've, we've eradicated the weak kneeness. I wonder, I mean, our high school football coach used to tell us the same thing. He's like, don't have sex with your girlfriends while you're in the season, before the game. It's like, I don't think, I think, here's the thing. As a high school teacher, you should be telling us that anyway, just because we're high school students, we probably shouldn't be having sex anyway. But I don't know if this is a real sports thing. I think it's more about where you're putting your mental energy and what you're thinking about. And if you take it off the table, just focus on the game. I think that's probably where the, it came from. It's not actually a stamina thing as much as it is like, just focus on the game, you know? know. Focus I've, on the I've game. heard that's what they tell all the monks. The monks? Yeah, the monks. The monks all like, that's what they get told. They get like focused, the Shaolin monks. They're just like, the reason that I can bend this pitchfork with my throat is because... I'm not chasing after the ladies because yeah. I've got so much sperm built up. It's just, <laughs> I have the, it's like literally <laughs> coursing through my veins. It's got nowhere else to go. So I can bend spoons. Uh, what else? There's so, I made a couple of small notes watching. Yeah. Do you show, um, fun fact, those, those turtles. Mm-hmm. Yes. He still has them. Oh, <gasps> really? What? So turtles, Aww. as of last year, uh, were still alive. Cuff and Link? Yeah. They must be huge now. Yeah, and tired. Yeah. But because I'm sure he's dead now. 
but that was I would I would say <laughs> Buckus so is sure. probably dead. I'm yeah. sure. But that we, was his dog. That was the dog he bought back. Aww. We we did a short film together and we had a fish. Goldie. Goldie. We just have pictures. We still don't have him. No, no. it doesn't last long. Did we return him or did he get we returned him? Yeah. Yeah. We just used him. We just him. borrowed him from the pet yeah. store. <laughs> he was yeah. he was the Moby Dick like they had. I'm sure the Moby Dick didn't last as long as the turtles yeah. did. Yeah. Um what was what was something that stood out for you about this film uh, and rewatching it tonight? I think it was like, because uh, I've seen it so many times, like I know this movie from beginning to end. It, it's stuff like, I think it was stuff that I thought it was really, like Adria says, it really stood up for its time. Like it's now 40 years old, 45 almost. Wow, holy shit. That's insane. Yeah, it's almost 45 years old. Yeah. Uh, and it, it holds up incredibly well. Like it's, it's very of its time, but it still holds up to, to dramas of today. And um, and so and and but it has scenes that, even though, you know, we're, we're giving better scenes to people that aren't just the the Caucasian male lead. Like that scene with uh, Talia Shore when she loses her shit on Polly when he comes in drunk and at Christmas, like that's such a great scene, yeah. you know? And it's like in a movie like this, you know, a, a lesser writer would not have given her that scene. Yeah. yeah. You know, it was just that's enough that she came out of her shell. For sure. Yeah. She like what, what a character. Me. She surprised me. Cause I remember people would talk about her and I, cause I hadn't seen the film. So I didn't. And, and it, she actually looks a lot like a friend of mine. And, mm. uh, and I'm like, oh, she's like, she's she was like a, a deal. But then she just kind of disappeared, didn't she? I haven't looked her up on her. Yeah, I mean, she did was in the Godfather movies too. I mean, she's Coppola's sister. Oh, oh, mm. oh, oh, okay. Uh, and so, you So know. she's fine. <laughs> she's no, fine. Uh, no, but that's, she's fine. That's like, but if you think about the movies sort of that late 60s, you know, Easy Rider, Godfather, I, you know, I think of French Connection and, and, and these, this new Hollywood that, that came up that shot on location, out of the studios, we're moving the camera, we're doing things differently. I, I, the thing I love, like I, the thing that stood out to me is the beautiful use of the zoom that they use in this film where it's so organic and helps reveal and tell story. Everybody does it with Dolly now because you can Dolly and it's beautiful and it's great. And we don't use Zooms in the same way anymore because I think they were they were used and then people were using like bump Zooms to make things like really like dramatic. You saw that in like, in like Transformers, like, oh, we're going like, oh, and then we're right there now. And it's like, it was so organic. There was this beautiful shot where he comes out of the, the, the you know, the, the, the boxing gym and then you watch him come across the street and you just zoom out and you realize you're in the pet store. And it was just this beautiful one Ooh, shot. Yeah, of, that it transition. Was like, but like, what a great, what a great way to tell that story that yeah. it's just across the street. And like, we're going to show this, but then we're going to bring you into this other world. That's just across the street where his heart is, is, is invested. And like, how beautiful is that? There was, there was a few examples of like, just such mature, beautiful staging and 
and restrained camera work to 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 tell the story. Mm-hmm. And it and it was it was really, really inspiring. Even when he has his first fight and he goes back he goes back uh, into the locker room and he goes to the locker and they're inside and they widen out and he realize he's sitting right next to the guy that he was fighting. Yeah. yeah. You know? It was amazing. Oh, and just that moment where like you're finding how little they get paid, and, and they, uh, oh, that was hard to watch. And how much they're deducting? Yeah. Well, the director, I mean, John G. Angleson, I want to say I got his name wrong. Maybe he won. He won the Oscar for this movie too for directing. Wow. It won for uh, best picture, yeah. Yeah. directing and editing. Wow! And what a like again, like what a what a different film than like the Spartacus and those huge, massive films that were like the early uh, 1960s. Like what a difference of this character story that was more about the person. It showed ugly things. It showed bad things and awkward. awkward. Yeah. And then, and then unresolved. You know, it wasn't, everything didn't get wrapped up in a perfect bow for the end. He didn't knock him out and become champion of the world. And, you know, you think about, I think about that. It just became more, more personal character, human stories that, that people were, were able to tell. And I think that, I actually think that that's part of the technology allowing people to take a camera outside of the studio and be able to shoot on the street and feel the streets. Cause that was one of the things I, we were, you know, looking at, Looking at Philadelphia in 1975, man, that place was rough. Yeah, and they didn't have permits to shoot any of that stuff where he's like jogging around on the streets. Wow. They just went out and shot it, which is kind of badass. That's yeah. yeah. I, I was, mean, it's so funny. I was thinking, wow, they shot a lot of this, this at night. Like a lot of it was shot at night, all the outdoor mm-hmm. stuff, or super early in the morning. And I'm like, oh, that's convenient. They didn't have to lock off that street or. <laughs> they did not even worry about that kind of stuff. Well, that's awesome. I'm trying to look up what it was up against for the Oscars that year. But it's giving me, where are the awards in IMDb? I'm not finding it. That's okay. I mean, uh, it was a big budget film. It would have been a much bigger budget yeah. film had it been with a star in it. But like, well, I mean, you. It, the story, what I read was that they they bought the script from Stallone for three hundred and fifty grand, uh, and then wanted someone else to star in it. He they agreed on selling it for three fifty. He would not get paid a penny for any rewrites, um, and if he starred in it, he would only get paid scale. Wow. wow. Uh, and then when they went to UA, United Artists, they said they could make it for $2 million if they could like cast someone like Robert Redford or another big actor as a star. But then they, the producers explained how Stallone was attached to star. That's the only way they can get the script. And they said, fine, we'll give you a million dollars. You spend a penny over it. And it comes out of your own pockets. So yeah. the final budget was 1.1 and the producers had to mortgage their houses to do it. But oh. then... It went on to become the highest grossing film of the year. Yeah. Wow. So the producers did okay in the end. What yeah. is like what is that now? Like what is a million dollars nineteen seventy-five and today dollars? Because that's that's not cheap when you think about it. Like that's that's a lot of money. That's I, I, I'll, I'll look up our inflation calculator. 
Uh, yeah, it's it's not nothing. That's for sure. So 1975, uh, one million. Oh, I don't think it's that much. It's it'll be at least double. No oh, more. It's four point eight. Oh, mm. okay. All right. Four point eight million dollar film. Which means that the producers put up almost a half million dollars. They had good houses at that time then. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Yeah. No shit. I, I just, I don't know. I was so captivated by watching it again. It was, mm-hmm. it was so beautiful. Um, he was fantastic. Yeah. It, was, it was so great to see him in this role because, He's I mean, he so got... so Italian. Do you know where the nickname oh, comes Italian. from? The Italian stallion? Where, what's it from? Uh, stallion in Italian is yeah. Stallone. Oh, there you go. There you go. Uh, it reminded me of his great performance in the film Copland. <gasps> yeah. Because oh, he was remarkable. God, he was so good in that film. He was, and again, it's like playing this affable, not so bright guy. And I mean, he, he really got stereotyped as the, the action dude, right? Like he had this huge action career. It's him yeah. and Schwarzenegger. And, uh, but his performance in Rocky, and then you see him in Copland, and you realize this guy oh, was so legit. So he was good. so, but yeah, so but, solid. But he, you know, he got into the, and he made money. He made a shit ton of money making, you know, Rambo movies. Yeah. And yeah. all these other things. And, and more Rockies. I mean, he went, but he went on to direct too, because he directed the second one, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, the director for the first one came back for the fifth one. Wow. Um, which is the one where, he, like, he trains the young upstart guy. It's almost like pre-Creed. Creed. Right. Yeah. Um, have you guys? Have you seen the Creed movies, Eric? I haven't. No. Okay. If, 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 if you're gonna go back and rewatch now and like watch, like watch up to four, and then you're okay. Yeah. You, you can you can skip ahead to Creed after that. Okay. Um, but uh, the Creed movies are. He, 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 I don't think he won, but he got nominated for best supporting actor for the first Creed movie. He's phenomenal in it. It's like, it's a real return to form. Like wow. the, the first Creed is really amazing in that it's like, it kind of does all the boxing stuff you're expecting from like modern movies. And it really amps up all that action stuff, but yeah. it still retains like the heart of what made uh this one work and it's, it's ryan cougar directs it so it's like it's it's pretty great i highly what, recommend the creed movies what do you think it is about boxing movies i think it's uh, it's usually an underdog story mm-hmm. uh it's funny because it really is i mean even you have i love that bit where he's just like i don't understand why people would want to box and he's like boxing stupid like no <laughs> reason, like rocky rocky reasons like, the only reason i box is i'm an idiot yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's no, there's no, he's no hiding behind it, right? Yeah, Where it's like there's no pop. romance to what he's selling in that, like how Bob, you know, this. Uh, there was this great boxing book, the the sweet science of bruising, mm-hmm. and you're like, you know, it's all romanticized in terms of like what it's going to be, and he's like, he's just like, no, just, uh, well, that's just it, like you know, one in a million guys becomes Apollo Creed, and everyone else ends up like the guys at Mickey's gym. Yeah. yeah, you know, which yeah. if it wasn't for them looking for a publicity stunt, that would Rocky would have you know died there. 
essentially. Yeah. Or not even there because Mickey had kicked him out by that point. Yeah. Yeah. Because he was working for a, uh, a loan shark. What was the Joel Edgerton, Tom Hardy movie that they did where there was like the MMA movie? Oh, and Joel Edgerton was like a dad who needed money for... But they were brothers. And then they ended up fighting. In in the end, it was like some MMA tournament. Oh. And I remember watching that film with zero expectations at all. And then end up going like, oh my God, it was double Rocky. <laughs> it was like basically just made Rocky, but made two people super sympathetic that you were rooting for and then put them against each other at the end. And it was fantastic. But I'm like, oh, you just did Rocky, but yeah. like twice. It was awesome. Nice. Nick Nolte was in it as well. He played the drunk dad. He was fantastic. It was a great film. I should look that up. I don't know what that movie is. Well, yeah. Look it up. But yeah, I don't know. I think boxing is something, it's pretty primal. Like it's super primal. It's, it's dudes with fists and it's like, yeah. it's, it's usually underdog story. It's like, I'm trying to think of like, cause there's not a ton of boxing movies really. There's this, there's Cinderella man. Um, yeah. And that's a oh, big warrior. Point. Warrior. Yeah. Warrior 2011. Tom Hardy, Joel Edgerton. And you know, Cinderella man was another, I mean, that was intentional Oscar bait where this one was just more like, here's a great movie. And Oh look, people liked it and they gave it awards. Yeah. But, you know, like boxing movies had happened before this, like, um, what was the movie that I, that I loved? It was, it was all done in real time. Uh, it's one of Scorsese's, it's like, on oh, five. well, well yeah. I mean, it was Raging Bull, obviously. Well, but, no, Raging Bull was, was no, what he, um, like, he, he did Raging Bull, but this film was a major inspiration for him. And it? because the film happened all in real time, it was one of the first examples of this. It's, it's, a, it's a noir film. It's absolutely uh, brilliant, uh, but it's about a boxer, and it was based on a poem from the 1930s about this boxer who had his shot against a champ, and but he was supposed to take the fall. That was the whole thing, and he he got in there, and he just he was past his prime. And he knew he had to, to to prove himself, and it was the poem was about like an African American getting his his shot against the champ. And he just refused to go down and, and took the fight. I think he didn't win. I think he just took it to the, to, to the end. He didn't go down to the third and then kept boxing, but he knew it was going to be, he was going to have to pay for it. And he ends up like in the poem, I think they took him out back and laid him down on the train tracks kind of thing. In the movie, they took the guy out back and broke his hands. And it has this beautiful love story all intertwined in it where the, where the woman's not going to like, she doesn't want him to do it. And she goes off walking and then comes back at the end. It's like Rocky leans into some of the themes in that as well. It's like, yeah. you know, it's a beautiful film. Uh, I can't remember this. The, it's funny. Well, there's so many. There's also like, I mean, it's not really, it's, it's a weird boxing movie, but I don't know if you guys ever saw Far and Away. That was another wrong oh, power. Yeah. Put up your dudes. Put up your dudes. <laughs> Tom, what's, I love that performance. People don't far, talk about that. Far and Away, I mean, the best part of that is the, the Oakland. Oklahoma land run and yeah, that exactly I mean that scene is so epic and you know the movie and, is so charming and funny like yes uh, I need to rewatch that because I love that movie as a kid yeah um but but it's true it's like so many like you think about like I, th- I bet you I'm trying to think of actually any other sport like movies for sports that actually become like Oscar movies 
boxing has to be the number, like the highest sport that is in, cause you think of a million dollar baby. Um, yeah. Ali, Ali, uh, the hurricanes, the hurricane. Um, Hall did his boxing movie a few years ago. Yeah. The boxer, Danny Day Lewis. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's considered a, oh, the fighter fighter. Yeah. Uh, it's probably not considered a real boxing movie, but fight club is kind of a boxing movie in a weird way. You know yeah. what? I was, I was reading about, uh, sports and how they activate certain neurons in our brain that are, um, are basically our, our empathetic neurons. It allows, it, it puts us in the person's shoes. And I think boxing is such a visceral experience of the punching and getting hit and like, though it's activating this part of our brain that is putting us in their shoes and like, Oh my God, that'd be painful. Or like, you know, you, it's hard to sit there and watch a boxing match and not, you know, yeah. feel your body twitching along with it. You know, it's, it's hard to just sit there. You don't see people at a boxing uh, match, just like chilled out, like not engaged. Like it's such a visceral physical response to yeah. it that, that then weaving a story and then making it empathetic and then hitting these, these like specific neurons in our brain that react to sports and react to athletes, yeah, react to I these sort of violence. Yeah. It's, it's super primal. And we mm-hmm. used to all just, we used to be the ropes, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and but, I think it triggers something but like it, that. It's, in the tr- but it's also about like excelling beyond like pushing yourself to the limit yeah. and being better yeah. than you could ever be. And, all that kind of stuff. Getting up. Uh, like getting up after you've been knocked down. Yeah. Yeah. My son watching all the training stuff, he's like, first of all, he asked me, he's like, did he just drink a glass of pee? I was like, no, 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 those are egg yolks. He's like, oh, I don't know if that's better. Why would you do that? I was like, that's the thing people used to think was good for you when you were How many out? guys watched that film oh though? And then God. went like, I'm going to get ripped like Rocky and started chugging my egg uncle yolks. was huge. He was a football player and he was a bouncer at a nightclub in Regina. And when I was seven, I went and stayed at my grandparents and he was living there. And so when he would finally get up after bouncing all night long, you know, at like one in the morning or one in the afternoon, he'd drink a dozen eggs and he was like two forty. Like he was solid muscle. He was a massive human being. How is his cholesterol? You can tell by by Adrian. It's totally in the genes. Oh no no no! I have three. I have well, two of my uncles are over six foot, and they were both like pro football players. But yeah, he drank like the big glass with a dozen eggs in it. How is his cholesterol? (laughs) (laughs) Fine now. He's just as big and just as lean. And oh, good for him. Seventy wow. years old, yeah. The movie I was talking about that inspired, uh, that was really inspiring for Scorsese, was uh, a film called The Setup. It's from oh. 1949. If you haven't seen it, you should no. watch it. It's amazing. It basically starts with a shot of the clock in the town square, and then they go into the story, and then at the end of it, they pull back and show the clock and how the time has changed, and it's been like 84 minutes. So the first real-time movie was done in yeah. 1949 where all the events took place over the course of the film. And it was... It's but it's feature length? Yeah. 80, it's, so it's 80, 84 minutes. So there are hiding cuts in there because there's no... Oh, no yeah. oh it's no, not one shot. Oh, okay. It's just real-time. Uh, so, you know, we cut away and things like that, but it's not, it's not a one-shot thing. But, but Eric wanted to do it as a one, 
as like you a, could do, but you because you could you could do it as a one shot. It'd be amazing. now you could, yeah, now you could because technology is caught up. Yeah, you couldn't do that in 1949. Not with those big old chunky cameras. Mm-hmm. No, the most you you could 20 minute film reel mags were like the the biggest you'd get. Like that's how Hitchcock does rope, right? Yeah. Um, and they weighed 700 pounds. Mm-hmm. You weren't doing it. You weren't moving the camera around that much. That wasn't an on the shoulder camera. <laughs> no, no. Amazing. Not a running up the stairs. No, not in Philadelphia. No. I'll have to check uh, that out. My son was wondering too. He's like, what do you think they used for the, the meat in the meat locker? I was like, that's meat. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, yeah that's meat. He was disgusted. He's like, and, oh. You know for sure that that just got... They didn't buy all that meat to do that scene. All that meat ended up getting sold to somebody. It's like that would never fly nowadays. Somebody had a friend. Yeah, yeah. somebody uh, had a friend with a meat locker. Apparently doing the stuff he did in there flattened Stallone's knuckles to the point that they're still to this day. I don't know what that means, but they. Fl- it, I just read somewhere that it like flattened his knuckles out. Wow. That's how hard he hit the damn things. Yeah. And like he was jacked. Carl Weathers was jacked. Like these, they looked like Marvel heroes in 1975, which yeah. is not necessarily the norm for for dudes in movies at that time. <laughs> no, they all no. Like we didn't have superheroes after. then. You know, like, they're all barrel chested, but it's from the bourbon. You know, it's like <laughs> the first know, time. You had the the first time we had a superhero in a movie was two years later or three years later with uh, Superman. Chris Reeves. Wow. Yeah. And he wasn't jacked like that. No, he was just barrel chested too, but oh. but very handsomely. That was that's actually <laughs> Adria. That how many first, times have you seen that film? A lot. I don't know. I could I could probably just recite the whole thing. Why? Why Superman? Nothing uh, against that Superman. Was my, I was a Superman fan until they lost me i i hung in there and then where I, did they I, now now i guess say where, where they lose you uh and i i like henry cavill but um nope they lost me with that one got you but you were you were in for like and i talked about batman a lot and then batman got cooler no batman's pretty cool and then and then captain america and then america's ass and then captain marvel <laughs> right yeah we'll show you back around uh yeah yeah the kids i have uh, i have a copy uh of superman i haven't i haven't sat down with the kids to watch it yet but uh, the score on that one's pretty iconic too. oh yeah the score is really special for that i one. took cj to the screening um oh wish she would have been like seven mm-hmm. uh at the light box mm-hmm. oh no was oh. not having any of it no nope, she no. was so bored I no, wonder, it didn't help that I was saying the lines like the like, second yeah, before exactly, the actors. Exactly. Hilarious. Did you uh, d- my uh, did you catch uh, Frank Stallone's cameo? No. Yeah. Frank Stallone. So I know. Frank Stallone I know Frank. is uh, Sylvester Stallone's younger brother, uh, and uh, I went to high school in Philadelphia as a teen. But he has uh, he had a top ten song in the eighties for a song that he uh, released for Saturday Night Fever. But Frank Stallone was the singer on the corner right at the beginning. Yeah. So Frank Stallone was singing with those guys on the corner, and he says, oh, you, hey, you guys are sounding pretty good. You're getting better every day. That was his younger brother. Yeah. And he was That's also great. the timekeeper at the match. Oh. 
Good for them getting him in there. Yeah. Isn't that great? Little family movie. Yeah. Get my brother Frankie in there. Frank Frank Jr. And, and he had a song and he had like a blonde song too, I think. Well that song at the beginning was the one that they, he wrote that. That was his song. That was his song. Right. Yeah. The doo wop. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty great. Pretty yeah. great, Frank Stallone. So are you gonna dive in and, and watch more Rocky movies now? Well now I now it's only two more I have to watch before I get to see Dolph Lundgren. It's fair. And and I'm going to, I'll tell you, I, I can't remember much about three, two and four are both solid. Yeah. Two is Mr. T, right? No, no. Two is the rematch. Oh, yeah, two, is yeah, the rematch. two is the rematch, oh, which I really want to see now. Two is the rematch. And then, uh, which, and which, then, which flies in the face of the last thing that Apollo agrees at. And going to be no rematch. rematch. Don't yeah. want one. Ooh. And then three is Mr. T. Mr. T. Three is Mr. T. Yeah. I like I like my friends and I when I was in high school we did we did all these movies like we you know you go to Blockbuster you rent the movie and like then we did our, our Rocky phase we did we did basically all the films that had sequels at the time we would go like let's we're gonna do two a night and like or we're gonna all just you know drink beers in my friend's basement and, and watch these things until it's curfew and, and have to get home and that was the last time that I saw these films so it would be amazing to watch them in, like, and not in four by three. With VHS resolution. Yeah. I'm going to bet the robots in number four. I feel like that's, that's where it lands. Could be in three. It's not in two for sure. Okay. All right. We'll get to the robot. I like robots. I might be into it. If you get to four though, then you got to go, then you got to watch the Creed movies. Oh yeah. I totally want to watch the Creed movies. Yeah. Yeah. They're fantastic, but you need to go all the way to four to get the full breadth of the connections you can there's stuff that they reference in the other one but you can skip ahead mm-hmm. okay you can skip i think it's there's five for sure and then there's rocky balboa which is i think the sixth one right okay. i don't think there's another one in there the fifth one actually had like an actual boxer in it it was what was his name tommy something and he was a bit of a he you know, he went up against Tyson or something like that and kind of got embarrassed and then had all this whole scandal around his life and the whole thing. And, but he was a real boxer. He was, I think he was a young guy that, that Stallone was, was, was training or he got in a fight with like, it was a street fight that he got in. Anyways, I remember this. It was like an entertainment tonight from like 1990 or something like that. I was yep. watching. That was when the fifth one came out. So that, yeah. that, that tracks. Okay, yeah. so that's 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 my memory <laughs> replaying the entertainment tonight section of of Rocky Five. Hilarious. So there you go. Well, I want to thank you for um, for yeah. for for bringing Rocky into Adria Adria's life, <laughs> and uh, an excuse to watch that beautiful movie again because it was well, really special. Hey, we have to do this at the end because you also haven't seen Jaws. Am I correct? Yeah. <gasps> And I've been desperately looking for someone to do a Jaws episode with. So we're, I'm going to earmark that for you. Do not watch that movie without... I won't watch it without us. you. <laughs> because that's... Uh, I, I collect people that, that have like missed like big iconic movies. Yeah. I have one for you. If you're willing to do this, if you haven't, maybe you've already done this film. Uh, this is my film, Shane, is I haven't actually seen Raging Bull. I've already done it. I did it with Danny Kind. See, they're very good. Good for you. Good for you. I will watch that then and then not feel shame anymore. Yeah. Watch 
Oh, Raging Bull. I mean, especially if you like boxing movies, Raging Bull is, again, it's a very different kind of boxing movie, but it's just phenomenal. It's great. Nice. I strongly recommend it. Well, thanks for uh, taking an evening out during isolation to uh, to watch Rocky with me. Yeah. Well, great. Good idea, Jeremy. Great My to pleasure. see you. <laughs> you guys too. And we'll do this. Uh, we'll do this again with, with Josh for sure. Then we'll find another one of your guilty pleasures, Eric. Okay, sounds awesome. Good. Let's all go to the Thanks for joining us for Rocky. Black Hole Films is a proud member of the That Shelf Podcast Network. You can listen to other episodes of our show and other That Shelf podcasts on thatshelf.com. Please subscribe, leave comments, spread the word, do all the things that let others know you like the show and how they can check it out. You can find me on Twitter, at LonJeremy, and go to Facebook and join the group Black Hole Films. And until next time, go watch something you've never seen before. Thanks. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat.